welcome you all here this morning to Light Church. Again, like, if this is your first time here, then hey, it's really incredible to have you with us. And if this is your home, hey guys, love you all. Um, but yeah, I'm just really excited to be speaking this morning. I'm actually um, opening up our new series called Let's Talk, and we're going to be focusing on prayer in the season in September. And um, I thought it was quite apt that I'm doing this because I love to talk. And yeah, it's all about... Um, it's all about prayer and talking and talking with God and, and like us opening up a conversation to talk about prayer in, in our church, in Light Church. And I just love that our church, um, we have a foundation of prayer. Like it is important to us here at Light Church. Um, prayer and um, it is foundational to us as Christians to um, speak with God. So it's exciting to just do a series looking at that and focusing on that and like journeying that. And um, yeah, I was giving um, the, um, a prayer for us to look at this morning and it's Hannah's prayer and it's found in 1 Samuel and so if you all want to get your Bibles up maybe you've got it on your phone and maybe there's someone next to you that you can share with um, but we're going to be heading to 1 Samuel um, chapter 1 to 2 verse 10. I'm not going to read the whole thing out all at once but we'll work our way through it together but I'm just going to pray because I I'm feeling the need for it again, and we're doing prayer, so it'll be great. But yeah, God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you that we can gather together and open your word together and just learn from you and through you and through the people that have gone before us. God, I just thank you for, um, yeah, the Bible and the fact that it's um, living and it's relevant and it's relevant to us today. It's relevant to our lives right now, God. And I just know that you've got a word for each individual in this room this morning. And I just pray that you help me communicate that, but you help um, everyone in this room just open up our hearts and our eyes to see and to receive what you've got in store for us this morning. Amen. So yeah, first off, I know you're all wondering, I've just said Hannah's prayer. Who is Hannah? So Hannah um, is known in the Bible as a devoted woman of God. Um, what a great thing to be known as, right? I, would, I hope one day that I'm just known, Holly, a devoted woman of God. Like what a statement to make about someone. So I'm excited for us to like see her journey, but Hannah is also um, Samuel's mom. If you are familiar with the Bible, that name might ring a bell. Samuel led Israel from a system of judges to its first monarchy. So he appointed Saul and then went on to anoint David, um, appoint David. Um, so if you think you like don't really know the Bible that well, you might recognize the name David as David and Goliath. Um, he was um, the king um, of Israel at one point. So um, Samuel was quite an integral guy um, in this story, which um, kind of shows um, how Hannah is actually part of a bigger picture. And I want to encourage you this morning that sometimes there's things going on in our lives, or we might be in a position in our lives where we don't really see much happening, or we might be just doing little jobs and little tasks here and there, and we might feel like we're not really part of anything, and you don't understand what God's doing through you. But just remember that we're all part of a bigger story. We're all part of God's bigger picture. And even us as Light Church, we're part of a bigger church. So I just want to encourage you this morning, like what we do in this room, what we do individually in our lives, it's all part of something bigger and part of God's plan. Um, also, Hannah is uh, married to a man called, right, okay, one second, before I say this, I need to disclaimer. This morning I was on um, pronouncenames.com because I, <laughs> I did not know how to say any of these names. So I like listened to them all, was repeating them. And then I forgot to write in my notes, like, the pronunciation. So I know it, but I don't actually know it. So excuse it if it's wrong. But Hannah was married to Elkanah. Yes, I think I nailed that one. Um, but, yeah, so her and um, Elkanah were married um, 
But Hannah's story is one of um, infertility. Unfortunately, she was struggling to conceive, to give birth um, to a child. And in um, the culture at the time, that was really shameful. Um, as a woman, kind of your role was to produce children. And um, that was an expectation upon you and more more so to um, give birth to a son as well to keep the bloodline going so as a, a woman in this time if you were unable to conceive give birth to a child you kind of had this um, sense of um, uselessness um, there was no point to you in a sense so it's quite a hard place for Hannah to find herself in um, and it was just quite shameful upon her and that would be a struggle I know that if I was in a place where um, around me, um, I was in a position that I couldn't get myself out of, but it put me in a place of shame and a place of struggle, that would be really hard. And I don't know this morning, maybe that is something that you're struggling with. And maybe you're struggling with infertility. Maybe you're struggling with a business that you've started. Maybe you've been in a business for a long period of time and it's just not getting to the place that you need it to be. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage, in your family. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Um, maybe your mental health or your finances. Thinking that you should be somewhere, somewhere, but you're just not quite there yet. Along with this struggle of infertility, um, Hannah also found herself um, being one of two wives because of this. So not only was she able, not able to conceive and give birth, but because of that, her husband then got a second wife called Penina. Panina, I don't remember, that one was a struggle. But basically, she was then found herself not only in a place where she's struggling to do something that is expected upon her, but then in a place of comparison. Comparison is the biggest killer. It's such a hard place to be in. When you take your eyes off what you've got and you put it on other people, the irony of this as well is, is if we look at... Um, verse 6, um, 1 Samuel verse 6, it says, her rival, Penina, kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. The irony is that in this story, we see that the person who's got everything is the one provoking Hannah. The one who seems like she's got it all together is now provoking Hannah, the one that hasn't. So when we're looking around at our lives and we're comparing ourselves to other people, just like what Panina's doing, she's the one that can give birth, but she's looking around and she's provoking people and she's getting at people. But in fact, she's the one that's got it all together and she's taken her eyes off. Panina went after even when she had everything. And she knew what she was doing. She knew that she was irritating her. But in, and even in more detail, if we look in this, it says, Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her. I just think that's so interesting, isn't it? Like, she's being provoked when she comes to God. It, that's going to create a difficulty to go to God, but it says that she does it year after year. So she's in this place of comparison, being provoked as she's struggling and going towards God. When we're down, it's hardest to come to God but it's the most important. We see, like I said, she go, she's going there year after year. She's just striving after God, even in all this pain, even in all this, um, this struggle, even in all this comparison, even in all this anguish that she's in. She's just consistently coming to God. When we have nothing left, that's when 
our decisions matter the most. And we see that here with um, Hannah, that she's making these decisions. I've just got two points for us this morning as we uh, look at this. And my first point about Hannah is that, and the way that she prays, because that's what we're looking at, isn't it? We're looking about prayer and how this is relevant for our lives, how the way Hannah prays and the way that she's devoted to God, devoted to, like, following God, how that is going to affect us in our lives. And we see in this first point that in the pain, she focuses on the provider. As we look at verse 10, here, let me hold this because I'll be able to read it better. In verse 10, it says, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you would only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, that I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. The first thing I read here is that Hannah comes to um, the Lord in her deep anguish. She just, her first thing to do is to go to God. When she's in this place of pain, her first thing that she does is go to God. That's the first thing she does, and I just want to... Look at that for a second, because I think it's so often in our lives when we're in a place maybe of like feeling upset, feeling vulnerable, feeling exposed, feeling down. Maybe we've had a bad day. Maybe we've just gone through something really hard. She goes straight to God and she doesn't like reach for the bar of chocolate. She doesn't reach to like devour herself with some Ben and Jerry's ice cream and feel sorry for herself. Or let's be real, she doesn't go to the bottle of wine. She doesn't go to um, the drugs that her friends have got out there as an option to numb the pain. She doesn't find someone to sleep with because what's the point, she's not gonna have a kid anyway. She doesn't go out, spend loads of money. I don't know if this maybe relates to you a little bit, maybe when you're in a tough time. It's just so easy, isn't it? It's just there. But she weeps bitterly to God. And even more so in verse 11, it says, if you will only look on your servant's misery. She doesn't go to God saying, when you look at me and when you see this, you'll provide this. And once you see me and once you provide for me, she says, if. She weeps bitterly to, to God and then gives him control in the situation. Hannah understood who was in control. She went to him knowing that this is the best thing I can do and you have the best in mind for me. I've got a question for you this morning. How do you approach God? Do you approach him and say, when you've done this for me, God, I will do this for you. Once I see this breakthrough, everything will be better. Like some sort of trade-off with God, like you know best. Our perspective of God is going to affect how we approach him. Sorry. 
Yeah, so our perspective of God is going to affect how we approach him. How often do we approach God in our deepest anguish? Do we let ourselves cool off a little bit before we approach him first? Do we hold parts of our prayers back from him? In verse 15, it says, um, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out in my great anguish and grief. Like she went to God in like the purest form of her situation. She went to him and exposed everything to him because knowing that that was the thing, that's the right thing to do in that sense. Like she's not saying like, you know what, I'll hold this little bit back because I'm actually nervous to see what God would do with that. I'm actually worried that if I give God that part, I might not see what I want to see. There was no, there's no trust in God and um, no um, understanding in who God is when we do that. We don't, when we hold bits back, we're not allowing God to actually change our situation. We're not giving him full surrender to our situation. And like, how often do we approach God um, understanding who he actually is, understanding in his goodness, in his mercy, and then that no matter what we think the outcome should be, that God's outcome is always going to be best for us. It's really hard, that, isn't it? It's hard to, to think that someone else would know best for us. I know for me, that is really difficult. <laughs> so many times throughout my life, there is evidence of that, of me going, no, I know best for this. I know best for this. Like, it's me. It's me. But just remember that God knows you, and he knows you so, so well. Like, he created you. He, he knows what you're capable. He knows the things that he's put inside of you that he's waiting to be, to be released. He's waiting to see all the great things that he's got in store for you, the plan that he's got for your life. And when we hold things back from him, when we don't allow him into those parts, we're not allowing ourselves to be in fullness of God. And let's remember that God made the biggest sacrifice for us. He made a sacrifice for us and gave his one and only son for us so that we can live a life with him in fullness, eternally. Like who better to trust with everything that we've got than in God? As we go on through the rest of Samuel, we see that um, God does provide a baby for um, Hannah. I mean, I kind of spoiled that earlier. But um, yeah, she has a a son named Samuel and um, she then... um, because of that, she, um, we go on into um, chapter 2. And I'm going to read this, chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. I'm going to read this out to you. And I kind of want you all just to like listen to it and listen to the words um, of this. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of warriors are broken, but those who stumble are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who is barren has borne seven children, but she who is past had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down the grave and rises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. 
He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are, Lord, are the Lord's, on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Lord Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. I just love that. I just love the fact that it's just such a focus to God. And um, my second point this morning is, in the gift, she focused on the giver. First things first, like, that I noticed in this whole um, kind of section that I was reading is, she actually prayed. How often do we ask God for things? How often do we go to God and ask him to provide for us, ask him to heal us, ask him to, um, like, work in our lives and help us through situations, and we never go back to him? Like, that's the end of that tick that box and we move on. How often do we focus and fasten on the gift that God's given us and forget the giver? I love in this passage, she uses the word horn because she's speaking of God's strength. She used the word rock because she understands the foundation of God in her life. And then there's these conflicts that we see through verse 5 to 8 of how she understands that no matter what the outcome is doing it through God and with God is the best option. This prayer that she has here, this is a, this is a worship prayer. And I just want to encourage you this morning, like maybe we just pray because we've been told that's when we ask from God, but we can worship through our prayer as well. We don't need to go to God as if he's some sort of vending machine and we just like, give me, give me, give me. But we can go to him and we can praise him. Like, he, she does not even mention the fact that she's had a child in this. That doesn't even appear once. But she's saying this because she knows of God's goodness. She knows of who he is. And no matter what the outcome, she would um, praise him. Are you able to pray this prayer if the outcome isn't what you expected? I um, follow, I've followed this guy and, this, and his wife on Instagram for a while. And um, the guy in, um, in the relationship, he, is a, um, a wor- he writes worship music, basically. And this week, I found out like, some of their story. Because I've, I've followed them for a while, but I never knew their story. And Daniel was telling me um, their story and the fact that um, they were, they've had some kids and they have one kid. And she's been pregnant the whole journey. And it gets to... Um, the end of the pregnancy and he only lives for a couple hours and it really hit me that I was like wow that's tough and the fact that he writes worship music that's incredible like he's still like following pursuing God wow that I love how that hasn't shaken him but he actually released a song this week and it's called nothing but good and I like the first time I listened to it I was in tears because I was like wow 
could I, could I say that after I've been through that? It really challenged me, especially like preparing this message as well. And I kind of just want to read you the lyrics to this section of the song because it's kind of like a ch- it was a challenge for me and I kind of want to like share that with you. And um, these are the lyrics. It says, um, you've been nothing but good, nothing but good to me. You've been nothing but kind, nothing but kind to me. All of my days, time after time, you've been faithful all my life. You've been nothing but good. God, you've been good to me. I want to say thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. I will praise you, praise you for all that's yet to come. I want to say thank you, thank you for everything you've done. Wow. To be able to say something like that, to proclaim something like that, when things haven't gone the way that you want it to, and to have the understanding that God has always been good, no matter what the outcome. Like, I just think that's incredible. And I, you can see that in Hannah's story here that she's just so devoted to, to, to trusting God with everything. And I just think that sometimes we forget that it's not because of our gift that God is good, but because our God is good regardless of any gift. Just um, thinking back to these points of um, in the pain, we focus on the provider. Like, I want to challenge you this morning to be real in prayer with God. I don't know if that's something that you've ever done. Maybe you've never prayed before, but I really want to encourage you to um, to be in con- not just conversation with God, but to really wrestle with God through things, to really... Um, like surrender things to God and really actually have that kind of relationship with him where you can um, be real, be honest and be vulnerable with him. And then when I think about the point, like if the, the gift was to focus on our giver, I want to challenge you this morning to, to say thank you. And I know, I know there's people in here this morning where you're like, but I've got nothing to say thank you for. I don't feel like I've got to the place where I can say thank you. But part of this is not focusing on us, but it's thanking God for who he is and who he is to us and what he's, he's done. Like in the sacrifice of his son, that's just a good place to start. And I just really feel like God's um, calling us as a church just to get that foundation of, um, of praise and worship to him and just to focus on who he is. I'm just going to invite the band back up. This morning, um, it's really funny, I was talking about comparison before, wasn't I? And honestly, this message is really like, shook me a little bit. So I, oh, I'm going to cry. Um, I was sat this morning, I literally said to Daniel, this is it, this is my uh, speaking career over. Um, I'm not meant for this, um, it's just not me, like I'm not a teacher, I'm not, um, I'm not like this person because they do this, and I'm not like this person, and this is the way that um, 
that they can do it. I just, it's just not me. Like, get me, like, face-to-face with someone, having a conversation, like, oh, loads of wisdom will come out. We'll have a really great chat. I'll encourage someone. And um, that's, like, that's where I am. And, like, Daniel being Daniel, being amazing, in my opinion. Um, he just, um, he just encouraged me to... Um, do what I just told you guys to do <laughs> and not look around and look at everybody else but really look at what um, like God's given us because he's given us all something and sometimes it's hard to see it sometimes we get a bit clouded in our, our view of everything but I just want to encourage you this morning that it's, it is in there and um, like I still think this went awful <laughs> and um, I trip over my words and I And I'm not very, like, good at... There's stuff in here that's hard to get out. But I just want to encourage you this morning that God's changed my life. And he's done it through a lot of hard things. And I've been where Hannah's been, and I've wrestled with a lot of things. It's been really difficult. But trust me when I say this, if you're consistent, and if you just are... Just pursue God when you've got nothing left. When it feels like you've got even no words to say. There will be breakthrough. And I can't promise you that it's going to be instant. And I can't promise you that it's going to be easy. But it's there. Because he is good. And my heart rejoices in in the Lord. And in the Lord, my horn is lifted high. And my mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in his deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides him. He is my rock. So I just want to encourage you this morning just to seek God no matter what. Seek God throughout everything. Even those small things that you're just like, I can, I can do that on my own. They're the ones that count the most. Because it doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be something grand. But it's just in those things. And sometimes they're the hardest. And I always feel silly saying it. I always feel silly saying that, oh, I struggled with this. And like, oh, I struggled with that. Like something like saying, oh, I struggle with like my friends. And it's not, to me, when I say it, it sounds small and tiny, but it was massive inside. It was massive in my heart. And that's what's important. Sometimes the things that seem small are really big in here. And that's where, that's where it's important. So I just want, yeah, I just want to encourage, I just wanted to encourage you all this morning and just share with you that like, no matter what we've got in our hands, no matter the gift that we've been given or the gift that we've not received yet, it's not about that, but it's about the giver and that's our God. So I'm just going to pray because I feel like I've just been very vulnerable and I've just opened everybody's hearts and I want to respect that and I want to pray over us all right now. God, I just thank you for, um, for everyone in this room. I thank you um, for who they are and who you've created them to be. God, I thank you that there's stuff inside of us that's painful. 
But I pray vulnerability, God. I pray honesty and I pray rawness over everyone right now, God, that they can come to you and surrender it to you in all that it is. Because God, we're not expecting you to not care. We're not expecting you to not come through, God. In fact, we know that's who you are. It's who you say you are, God. And we just claim that this morning and we just own that this morning and we just come to you in your goodness and your mercy and your truth and your grace, God. And we just thank you for it. We thank you that you're our rock. God, we thank you that you are strong and mighty, God. And we just surrender everything to you right now. We surrender it to you, our God, our Father. Amen.